the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast with Alex Trateris, John Malika, and Ricey on the beat. Let's go. What's good, everyone? Alex Jeteris here with another Knicks episode of the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. With me, it's always my buddy, my co-host, my pal, the man with a plan, the dude who's getting ready for the draft, trying to make some something happen. Because guess what? We need to add talent to this Knicks team, man. There's nothing. There's nothing that we got going on right now except just promise, prosper after a beautiful season. We got to add some talent, man. We got to add some talent. So, John Malik, everybody, co-host John, how are you doing today? <laughs> What's up, man? What's up, dude? I'm. I'm hyped about the NBA draft. I'm so excited that our season is not making or breaking with the draft, with the lottery. I'm happy it's just like a thing that's happening in a couple of weeks and not like going to change my whole life, you know, based on the stupid card they hold up or like who we draft. So I'm in a good, I'm in a good place, man. I'm in a good place in Nick's land. I'm in a good place right now. Summer. Everything's good. Everything's good, man. How are you? Ah, I'm doing good. You know, was it Mark? Uh, what's his name? Who's the Who's the vice president of the league? Is it Mark? Uh, what's his name? <laughs> yeah, I just know his face. I just know his yeah, face. I just, I just know he didn't. He, he didn't have to ruin our beginning of the season. You know, just saying, and the Knicks get the ninth <laughs> overall pick and just do all of that. But I'm doing well, man. You know, enjoying this cloudy day that we have up here in Boston. I don't know how it's like for you in New York, but. We're sunny today, and so, dude, thank God. You know, the NBA Finals have been insane. Your boy, the Greek Freak. Right, a little little hometown action. Black Greek man doing work. That's what I like to hear, man. That's what I like to hear. But John, we can't we can't keep uh, hold this man off to the side too much longer. We got we got to bring in our guest. We got a phenomenal guest with us today. Hell yeah! Some of you may know him from his YouTube channel, Hoop Intellect. He does a lot of draft breakdowns. He sometimes does some NBA player breakdowns and talk about their highs, their low. Well, most of the highs. I'm not gonna say lows. He talks about the highs <laughs> for the most part. I'm not gonna go lows because we can. There's someone else that does the low light. That's not what this guy does. <laughs> We got Keandre, founder, CEO of Hoop Intellect. If you know the YouTube channel, this man is phenomenal. He, you can learn so much from watching his YouTube channel like I do. And I can tell you, like, if you want to talk about a comprehensive breakdown, visual effect, this is your guy right here. Keandre, how are you doing today, my, my guy? I'm good. Thank you guys for, for having me on the show. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to come on the show, man. We really appreciate it. And we got you on today because... Just mention at the top, right? We're about to, we're about two weeks away from from the NBA draft, and who better than bring on somebody who is just who has who's a wealth of knowledge, who does all the research, puts the, together these really, like I said, informative videos that I don't know how like I just learned so much from it. And we need to get straight from the guy's mouth himself to hear what he thinks about all these prospects that the Knicks are kind of rumored to, or who, who the fan base is discussing. So we got you on today to to kind of help. Help us, help us out with that. But before that, how are you doing today? What's going on? How, how's everything with you? I'm good, man. You know, just, you know, working on, on more, on more stuff for the draft and everything like that. About to go to the TBT later today because it's in Wichita. So I thought I'd just, you know, check it out, see some of the old Wichita state players. Um, and yeah, that's, that's pretty much what I'm doing today. Nice. Awesome. So before we start getting to actually draft prospects, I want to ask you a question. How did you come up with the idea for Hoop Intellect and how did you come up with the, this format for Hoop Intellect itself, like the channel itself? Yeah. So probably, so it's like, I think it was like the fall of 2018. I started the channel and I just had like a lot of ideas to, you know, 
make basketball content because I felt like I had, you know, you know, a good amount of knowledge and I feel like I could put it in video form in some way, but I, I didn't really have the tools or, you know, I wasn't very good at video editing or Photoshop or anything like that. Um, so I was kind of just kind of teaching myself, you know, figuring out how to edit and everything like that. Um, but at that time I used to do a lot of draft stuff on medium.com and I used to write, um, you know, other NBA stuff, you know, about teams, you know, what should they do going forward? Just things like that. So I was like, you know, how can I merge these kind of things and put it into one um, in the best way possible? So, you know, just a long process. I used to watch a lot of film breakdown stuff just like for my own. But I was like, you know what? If I'm going to spend all this time doing this, I might as well put these like highlight videos out. Um, so I used to do, you know, a lot of highlights, you know, the guys like um, Alex Caruso, um, Mitchell Robinson block compilations. Um, that one did pretty well, you know, just like random stuff like that. And then like kind of, in order to like promote my channel while I'm still trying to figure out how I can like, you know, put a voiceover, put words on the screen, you know, do these things like really well, not just like low budget. Um, that's kind of just what I did from there. Um, and then, you know, at the top of the year last year, I was like, you know, I really want to put this draft stuff together. Um, took a lot of time putting together like the format, um, you know, working on Photoshop, even though the last year stuff was pretty garbage in terms of like, <laughs> uh graphics and everything like that just because I just wasn't you know I just wasn't ready to do all that myself or whatever um you know I really liked what what ended up happening so you know just growing that stuff and then once I uploaded a few videos they started to you know kind of take off a little bit and I was like oh we might have we might have got something here um for sure man and you know just but, you know and you, you look at there. it now dude you look at it now you got like the latest like Lamelo one like you see how far you've come yeah. <laughs> like they're, they're pretty awesome so it's not you i mean we, we're we're here to talk nba draft but i think like your stuff hoop intellect stuff on youtube is like a lot of like you said just like modern just like oh i just want to watch like a lamella ball not just like highlight reel like you yeah. know I like kind of like want to watch him play a little bit uh for like 10 minutes mm-hmm. um it's a good spot and uh to see how far uh you've come is uh yeah for sure cool. it's pretty cool absolutely so that's really cool. That's how you started. And to like, are, so are you thinking about just, I know you're going to do both NBA and draft, but have you now like found that you like doing draft stuff even more? Or have you found like you're geared towards your focus on like really specializing just draft because it's really done very well. I got to tell you that it's super educational. Yeah. So pretty much, you know, my plan going forward is to do like a lot of draft stuff still, but I also want to like focus on like the actual like NBA games. And, you know, like, I don't know if you've seen like the LaMelo um, breakdown that I did, like the film mm-hmm. study. I really like doing those type of videos because it's when you focus and you have that much time, you can like get a little bit more out of it in terms of like voiceover and you can, the audience can like follow it a little bit better um, just because you have more time. So I want to kind of do some stuff like that, break down stuff, you know, just on course, maybe some go over like some sets and also some things that I say in videos that might not be 100 percent clear to some people, um, you know, just like footwork and things like that. So um, that's kind of the plan, at least until we start getting back into like the college basketball season and, and stuff like that. So cool. Cool. That's awesome. Do you like doing the voiceover more or do you like putting the words on the screen more? Which, which one do you prefer? I I prefer doing the voiceover, but the problem is it just takes so long to match the 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 yeah. audio with the video. So mm-hmm. that's that's the issue. 
It's just mm-hmm. a really tough edit because you got like slow motion or pause it and all that kind of stuff. For sure. For sure. I, I totally understand that. Yeah. Well, Keandre, we're not going to bury the lead for, for too much longer. That's really awesome how you started the channel. Really, really dope. Um, so let's get into some draft prospects, man. Before, first and foremost, who's your NBA team? Is it because I see you got, well, now that I'm looking at your backs, you got the Miami Heat, you got the Heatles behind you, you got Michael Jordan behind you. Do you, do you have a team? I don't have a team at this point. Um, well, I obviously he's a Knicks fan, Alex, <laughs> Wichita State, Wichita State, and we get all the Wichita State boys over here. Yeah, that is a, that is a thing. Um, but yeah, I don't really have a team. I kind of just gravitate towards players at this point um and i'm just like a fan of the game so that's really just where i'm at at this point but i wish i had a team because you know there's nothing better than that you know even the even the low points for being a fan of a team you know because you know there's going to be a high coming back at some point i'm sure you guys Mm kind of felt that this season so that's i wish i had that still but i don't i kind of feel that about college basketball like on the opposite side like we have you albany (laughs) so like that one time I knew it was a tournament. We were going insane, right? <laughs> like they hit the buzzer beater to like get the clinch, yeah. but it's not the same. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, not it's, same. It, it's not the same. I think it's just because just the nature representing a city more so than a college. And I think like, well, for, for John, and I, cause we went to a mid major D1 school. So Albany had like three, I think consecutive years where they made the tournament, but you knew they weren't going to go any further than what they were. I think Max, they were like a 15th, 14th. I mean, we played seed. Duke, like, dude. We played Duke. We, play, we played Duke. We played UConn. Uh, who else did we play? We played a lot of really top schools. Uh, we played Florida one year. I was like, we're not beating Florida. Let's just, let's just cut this out right here. Um, but yeah. So let's, let's got to cover, into- man. It's got to cover. <laughs> I, I do not bet on college basketball. I will stay far, far away from that. Um, but let's get, let's get into this Knicks draft prospects. Uh, we got, so there's a couple names I want to try to get through today. We got a lot of names have been pulled up. Uh, as of today, we got Chris Duarte from Oregon, who's talked about James Booknight from UConn, who's really been climbing up the the draft ladder. We have Trey Murphy, Trey Mann, Sharif Cooper, uh, Usman Garaba. Uh, I want to touch on some of these guys today. So, uh, Keandre, let's, let's start off with Chris Duarte just because he's more recent. For the New York Post has dropped it today saying he could be a good fit for New York. What, what can you give us about the, the Oregon product? What can you tell us about him? Yeah, so I think the first thing, like, maybe maybe unfairly a little bit that jumps off the screen with him is, like, that he's 24 years old already. Um, he's had kind of a weird, you know, journey to this point, but I still really like him as a player. You know, 6'6", guy who can really shoot the ball. Um, he had a down year his first year at Oregon. A lot of people bring that up as to – you know, some evidence that he's not actually that good of a shooter. But before, when he was in Juco and he was the Juco player of the year, um, he was a 40% three-point shooter there too. So, um, you know, he's going to really knock down shots, you know, create a little bit off the dribble for himself. Um, he's a really, you know, intriguing passer as, as a two guard, you know, somebody who can play spot minutes in the pick and roll, um, you know, things like that. Really solid defender, not the, not the quickest, not the best, you know, lateral mover, but a guy who, you know, displays a lot of effort and had really high, you know, block numbers. You know, he led the team in blocks, um, really great help side rotations, things of that nature, you know, some chase downs. Um, but overall, I really like him as a prospect. And, you know, for a guy to be somebody who you really consider as a first round, like prospect at 24 years old, you know, you've got to be really good. Like I always say you know, on some of my videos, if he was like 
three years younger, I think he gets a lot, a lot of reconversation, um, even as like a 21, 22 year old guy like that. Um, but you know, you look at Cam Johnson and the success that he had, he's had, and they're pretty close in age in terms of like draft age. Um, and you know, you, if you, he's your guy and that's like, you have the right situation for him. You know, I think that Chris Duarte is a very good pick at, you know, anywhere from like the late lottery to, you know, the twenties and then becomes a steal in, in the late twenties. Yeah. So just for clarification, uh, the Knicks are sitting with the 19th pick, the 21st pick, the 32nd pick, um, and the 58th pick. So we're kind of, we're kind of at the moment flooded all over this draft. So, um, players, uh, like Chris Duarte, I, I feel like they're, they're perfect for a situation just like draft wise for a team like the Knicks. Cause like no one's going to reach for him, but if he starts falling, if he falls into one of these spots, you can convince yourself, uh, to get one of, you know, to pick him up. From my perspective, he's like a, he's like a weird three and D shooting guard, right? He's a lot like Dennis Schroeder, but obviously a better shot and like less facilitator, you know, like I think Schroeder's a better passer. Um, but they're about the same on defense, I think. Like they like that they have that little scrappy uh sense to them. I hate the age thing. Uh and especially uh because we drafted Obi. So I like age can't be a thing with this uh front office. Like we we just have to assume that. Even though I think Obi's a little bit of a special case due to his agent <laughs> and uh <laughs> proximity to Leon Rose. <laughs> um but otherwise he feels like I mean we we kinda got the for the Knicks, right? We're talking Knicks here. We have the script for them. You have to be a Tibbs guy. Kind of feels like a Tibbs guy, right? One that can't really facilitate much, but plays D, can shoot around. Um, I could see him kind of fitting on the team. Alex, what do you think, man? I could see him fitting on the team. I think, you know, what we need is more shooting, obviously. So do you see, I guess, to throw it back to counter, do you see him like as a good catch-and-shoot type of player? Is he good from off the screen, like off the dribble? Like, what what are, what are his shooting aspects that Knicks fans should be looking out for? Because we had Reggie Bullock. You know, he's more of a catch-and-shoot guy. Not really like, – sometimes he can shoot off of the screen, but not really that much. Um, and then for our second unit, we had, you know, Alec Burks and Emmanuel Quickly. Emmanuel Quickly could just shoot off the dribble. That man could just <laughs> shoot anywhere, lights out, uh, especially once he gets going. Alec Burks – you know, more of an ISO player can create his own shot, do those things. Not necessarily the most efficient guy on the court, but he can do that once he gets into a rhythm. Do you see Chris Duarte feeling more towards like Alec Burks can create his own shot, or is he more leaning towards like a Reggie Bullock catch and shoot type of guy? Really, just you know, good in transition without the ball, just keeps moving around, running around the court, using screens just to get open. What type of guy is he? Yeah, so he's probably a little closer to, you know, the Reggie Bullock. Um, but he does have, you know, some ability to go off the dribble. He's not quickly, he's not Alec Burks who's going to give you, you know, three between the legs and then <laughs> definitely <pull> not. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, he can, he can give you, you know, a little step back. You know, he's used that a lot. Um, I just put out a video on him, you know, kind of, you know, showing that, um, you know, the, the LeBron, Chris Paul type of between the legs, you know, come back. He has that in his game, you know, just somebody who who can really like fill gaps for a team, especially like the Knicks. When you got guys like, you know, Julius Randle, RJ Barrett, who have the ball, you know, quite a bit, um, you know, take a little bit of the load off of them at, at times. 
Okay. So, I, man, I like that. What do you think about him coming off? Is, is he good coming off the screen? Is he like a really good, like, I guess. Yeah, they didn't. What's a motion, good motion shooter? Yeah, they didn't run a ton of that um, for him at Oregon. Yeah. He's not the fastest guy. So that's, you know, that's, you know, something that you kind of look for. Um, He's like a typical screens. grizzly, dude. He like yeah. he, he belongs on the on the Memphis Grizzlies. That's like the best way. When I watch him, that's all I could see. Like him and Dylan Brooks and John Morant, like they and JJJ, like they all belong together in one happy family in Memphis. Yeah, <laughs> I I I see that for sure. And but yeah, you know, to what are you saying? You know, kind of like Desmond Bain. He's not somebody who's like super quick, but you know, he's gonna hit knock down the open shots, timely shots, you know, create a couple plays for others, you know, kind of in that sort of vein. Okay. So he's more of like the, the young version upgrade of uh, like a Reggie Bullock is what we're getting here, which that's not a problem whatsoever. You need those type of guys. Uh, I think I can see him totally fitting on the Knicks to, to answer your question, John. But I think what we need more of is more guys who can also just play in motion. Like I, we need good catch and shoot type of guys. I could definitely see him if he's going to play defense, catch and shoot. If you want to upgrade from Reggie Bullock, you know, I think is he I would consider him more of like a, a plug and play player. Would you consider that, Kanjo? Like as soon as you draft him, like he's definitely ready to go, like get some like good 15, 20 minute burn, like in a rotation, and he can just give you that right off the bat. Yeah, for sure. That's that's kind of a lot of the appeal behind Duarte in, in comparison to some of these other guys who have like really high upside, you know, like a maybe a Zaire Williams um type of guy who but probably won't be, you know, immediately ready. Um, but in turn, I just want to clear this up a little bit. Like Reggie, Bull- in terms of like Reggie Bullock and Chris Duarte, Duarte can do a little bit more, you know, mm-hmm. off the dribble um, in the in-between game, you know, things like that. Uh, he's shown, a li- he didn't do it a lot, but like there's certain moments of the floater, you know, just things like that that you need to have in the pick and roll. I think he's got just a little bit more, you know, creation upside than a Reggie Bullock who's just going to, you know, run around a, a ton of screens. He might go missing a game if they don't get him open, you know, things like that. Oh, we saw that. Don't worry. We watched the playoffs. <laughs> we watched yo, the playoffs. Yo, does he give you, does he give you Cam Reddish vibes a little bit? Yeah, there's, there's a little bit there, but I think he's just Maybe a little NBA bit more polished. Cam Reddish. Yeah. Like not like really Duke Cam Reddish. He just like, kind of like, I don't know. Cause this feels in between. You know what I mean? Like if he lands, on the Knicks, like he could have a role, but I, to, for me personally, like my final thought on him is he doesn't really excite me, but I think he could play, like give me like eight, eight points, you know, eight like sparky points off the bench, maybe like a, a steal and, you know, a couple of rebounds and like, you know, he'll have the garden going crazy, like type deal and really just being a home player. Like that's really my issue yeah. with him is he doesn't really have a high ceiling. He just kind of like, you know, he's a role player. Yeah. I think if you, I think that's, I just think that's like a really good team building type of, mm-hmm. uh, type of guy, especially if you get somebody else at like 19 or even if 21, someone else is there at 21. Um, Duarte is somebody who you like. Now, if he's like the sole player that you got out of the draft, I'd probably want to go in a different direction, but, or even if he like happens to slide to 32 because of, you know, like the age stuff or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Um, that's That'd like a home run pick. Yeah. 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 yeah for sure. All right. So Chris Duarte, check off in the books. Next guy we got to talk about, and I know he's really climbing the draft board, but there's yeah, there, there's there's really there's rumors that you know Knicks like him. Everyone was just impressed by his, his everyone shooting. loves this guy. Yeah, uh, UConn prospect James Booknight. 
So what can you give us? What can you give us about the the lowdown on James Booknight? Because I think people were concerned about his sh- his shooting, and then that all just changed after his one performance. Do you think that's real, or do you think that uh, people should still uh, proceed with caution when it comes to Booknight? Yeah. So James Booknight, he's just your your natural scoring two guard, somebody who's gonna create a ton of space, you know, on the step backs, you know, things like that. He's also, he doesn't really show it like immediately when you first watch, but you get him in the open floor, you know, some certain drives where he's finishing at the basket. He's a really good athlete, um, you know, especially at his position. Um, but yeah, in terms of shooting, you know, he was a streaky part of his just shot selection and, you know, that kind of comes with it and the type of load that he had for that UConn team. But, you know, there are some mechanical issues there. He kind of, you know, threw a lot of that out the window when he was at the combine. Um, and in his workouts, that's kind of vaulted him into like top 10 conversations where <laughs> before he was kind of more of a, you know, top 20 ish, you know, solid type of type of prospect. Um, but yeah, I, I like him. I like, uh, James Booknight. I think there's a little bit more concerns, you know, on him, on his like ball handling ability and, you know, just, kind of a random point, his balance. Like there's some times where he's driving towards the basket and he'll just fall over. Um, that happened quite a bit. Um, I kind of mentioned that in the video as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, overall, like if he's in, in terms of the Knicks, if he's there at, at, at 19 or 21, which I didn't think was a possibility, but I did a, uh, mock draft, a live mock draft with, uh, Chris LeBron the other day. Shout out to him. Um, shout out to Off the Ball Network. Yeah. And Book Knight fell. Book night fell to, to 19. So oh, wow. uh, it could be a possibility if that's what happened, but I, I, you know, they probably will have to package those up and, and get up a little closer. Yo, shout yeah. out to Hoodie Mella right in the script, man, of, of, <laughs> of, of, of how to like get everyone like back on your horse. Like if, if, if people think you, you can't shoot, just like sh- throw out like a five minute video of you like knocking down shots unedited and call it a day. Like he'll be good to go. Like and now, he, now he's he's rumored up to seven. And now, yeah. now that I'm now that I'm looking, you know, at the draft order, and thank God I haven't been studying it. It feels so good. Uh, <laughs> OKC is picking three times before us as as it stands. Like there's no chance he's getting by OKC three times. Like that yeah. that to me is pretty unrealistic. He he really he really gives me Jeremy Grant vibes. Maybe like Christian Woods. Like, you know, he could develop into those guys like as a ceiling. So I, I don't know. He uh he's not gonna he's not gonna make it. <laughs> he's, not, he's not making it to the Knicks, so that's my that's my honest like take on that. Just for just for clarification, you mean that Boop Knight can could develop like an offensive player like to yeah. improve ab- amongst his career, right? That yeah, like that's that like that's guy. like yeah, that's like his like projection and like now that's like the prototype right now in the nba like everyone wants those types of guys right started with kd and now you want like jeremy grant and now it's like you know who's christian woods like five you know like you know three months ago and now and then all of a sudden became the best player ever right and like in the span of six months like that's just the new uh like bridges you know i i just feel like that's the new prototype even maybe rj kind of maybe he's like a tiny bit smaller but i feel like they were just like working into that new age nba okay would you give counter? Would you give Book Knight a high floor, low ceiling, or high ceiling type of type of player? Low floor. He's kind of got like a, I don't know. It's kind of an interesting thing with him. Like, there's not really like a set sort of you know basis. Um, I think he's got a 
fairly high ceiling if he puts everything together. Um, you know, he's definitely got to work on his playmaking, you know, just seeing the floor, not getting tunnel vision as much. Um, defensively, he's a lot better than his reputation showed. Um, I think when he, you know, was really locked in and, you know, you know, paid attention to detail on that end, he was, you know, actually a pretty good defender, uh, especially with the tools that he has and athletically. Um, but yeah, like I think he has sort of a, you know, Jordan Clarkson type of, you know, mm. floor, maybe not this version of Jordan Clarkson because, you know, he's, you know, developed quite, quite well over the last like two years. Um, but maybe, maybe think like those last days in Cleveland type of Jordan Clarkson. Um, and then maybe developing into, you know, sort of a high usage, you know, high scoring type of type of guard in the 23, 25 type of range. That's that's like at his absolute best. Um, that's going to be a little bit lofty for him to reach um, because, you know, that just doesn't come around often. But, you know, it's it's definitely there for him. OK, what do you think about his fit with RJ? Because I think, you know, from reports that we've seen from Ian Begley and uh, is that, you know, the Knicks aren't looking to move RJ. I think they consider him one of the foundational pieces. And obviously now Julius, because of Julius Randle's, you know, 180 turnaround to becoming this point forward playmaker, just a complete engine for a team. Even though he may not be the first option, you know, he is one of the top three options. Do you th- do you see Book, do you see Book Knight becoming like in that one to three options? Or is he... Is he more of just like a role player? Do you see him fitting well next to RJ? Because because we know RJ, not necessarily the best shooter. He has to work on a lot. Like he improved his three-point shooting. He he developed that snake dribble where he can get to the, the free throw line, take a, a good like face-on shot. Like do, do you see Book Knight filling that type of role? Like is he going to be – I guess here's a, here's a question that I just thought about. Could he develop into like a Chris Middleton type of level? Is he going to be that type of player where he's a shooting guard, wing type player where he's going to help take that team to another level to compete? Or is he going to be a role player that just fits in very well next to RJ? You know, I don't, I'm not a hundred percent sure about the fit next to RJ. They both kind of need the ball quite a bit. Um, mm-hmm. You look at like kind of what Alec Burks is kind of doing. That's kind of like the sort of the role or like space on the floor that he kind of, um, you know, currently, you know, takes over. Um, but if, if Book Knight shows that he can be, you know, a high thirties, forties type of shooter, I think, you know, you can throw it out the window. Like that type of player kind of just fits like, like Middleton, like you said. Um, he's not as, as like smart or, you know, usually, you know, selective with his like shot, sele- you know, shot selection, but we haven't seen him in the league yet. So, you know, we don't know how those things have changed. Even Middleton at this point kind of takes some questionable shots. Um, but, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's just going to be something to kind of, to kind of watch if that were to happen. Um, if they were to, to be on the same team. Um, that's but a really yeah. great comparison, dude. Like a poor man's Chris Middleton, especially like he has a lot of more of Chris Middleton's bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, it really does feel that's a great, uh, comparison in my head, but it's so, I don't know. The Chris Middleton great games are so, f- you know, few. And they, they're just coming in and he has Batman. So like, I don't know. It's, it's a, a poor man's Chris Middleton doesn't really sound like I want to trade up for him. You know what I mean? Which is like, what's, was what the media is pushing at the moment. Yeah, for sure. I would not want, I don't, I don't think this is a draft where you want to move up just to get 
Oop, not unless like you think he's going to be that type of player that really catapults. And that's the question. That's why I asked the question. Cause if he does catapult a team, is he, if he's going to be like one of those top three guys on your team, then yeah, I would say, yo, you got to trade up to go get this guy. But if he's just someone who, you know, like Alec Burst coming off the bench or just going to be a role player, you can just sit back and just choose somebody else. Yeah. I wouldn't, I personally wouldn't, you know, put a lot of capital into him becoming that guy. That's just my opinion. But I know there are some people who have them in their sort of like top five areas. So they believe he can be, you know, somebody in like a, a Zach Levine-ish type of role. Um, but for me personally, I don't, I don't see him as, you know, that level of, you know, offensive, you know, talent and, you know, just developing into that kind of player. I do think he is, you know, definitely like a lottery type of talent, but, you know, just not, I'm not confident enough that I would like give up all these things and put him into, you know, that and be like, okay, you're going to be the third guy here um, going forward just because of what we gave up for you. For sure. And I think, you know, and, and I, especially when it comes to Nick's Twitter, you know, everyone who thinks that you're a lottery pick thinks you have to be this golden child that comes kind of saves the franchise. And that's really not it. Most of the league is role players and backups. Uh, very few players turn out to be, you know, these great, uh, talents like Giannis, right? He was taken what 13th, 14th, and then he turned to be a great talent. I think the the level I'm looking for is that you got to be at least a role player, and if you develop into that, then you really hit the home run. Um, yeah, that's just my take on it. All right, so enough on James Booknight. I like I like what I hear. Not don't think the Knicks should trade up for him, but I like what I hear. This is my guy. This is the guy who I really want the Knicks to draft. Let's go. Me too. I did not Trey know Murphy. that. Trey Murphy is Let's the guy go. I want the Knicks to draft. I really like Trey Murphy. I like the three and Me D. Too. I think he, I think he's gritty. I think I love the way he plays defense. <laughs> I love every, I love that he can shoot as well because we do need that. And I think he's very good off ball. I think he's very, I think, I think he's just has that type of savviness for a college player. So I really, I really like Trey Murphy. So can I, I didn't know that you liked him too. I literally knew that was your guy. Let's go. I'm hyped Let's, right now. Let's go. So Keandre, what do you, what can you tell us about, uh, Trey Murphy. Yeah. In terms of like star role player, that's, that's the guy here. You know, three and D for sure. Like you said, um, super long arms, great size, six, nine, seven foot wingspan. Um, a guy who, like you said, off the ball, he's one of the most efficient cutters in college basketball. And it was by a wide margin. Um, you know, back doors, you know, things like that. Those were very, you know, natural for him. Um, inside of that Virginia offense. Um, but yeah, miss, like the, didn't miss from the paint, bro. Sixty two percent. Yeah, inside the arc, like insane. Super, super efficient all across, the, all across the floor. Fifty, forty, ninety. Um, that's not something that you see often. He didn't have a ton of volume, but you know, just sort of picking his spots. Um, you know, working things, you know, through the flow of the offense. You know, he was really good at that. Um, he's not, he's not really a, a movement type of guy. Um more of a stationary type of shooter, just kind of, that's just kind of the nature of his like shot um, and just how he is as an athlete. But that doesn't really take away from him as a player. I think he impacts the game really well defensively. Um, and in the modern NBA, somebody who can guard, you know, two through four for sure. Um, and then, you know, one and five, depending on, you know, who's out there, um, the lineups and things of that nature. Um, but yeah, versatility. And he's, he's definitely a Tibbs guy. We're talking about that. <laughs> um, he's got the infrastructure from Virginia. Um, you know, just kind of somebody who plays really hard. Um, he's going to be in the right spots. Just, you know, that's, that's, that's a guy who you would want if you're the Knicks. 
Hell yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I want, I just watched, <laughs> I actually watched your videos on him. I was like, yeah, this is the guy who I want. Um, absolutely. And that, I think you said it right there. Efficiency, just knowing how to use, like he sees the floor, he knows how to use screens. He knows how to keep moving. He's not stagnant. Sure. He's a catch and shoot player. He plays great defense. I do like his height. He's six, nine. He's got length. So guarding one through four, you know, we want to talk, if we want to make a comparison to Cam Johnson, this is a guy who is kind of similar to like Cam Johnson, although he's obviously uh, much younger. But mm-hmm. that's someone who I definitely want on the Knicks, and we see how useful that is. You know, I think like we have a player like that on the Knicks who hasn't really transpired in anything, <laughs> Kevin Knox. Well, but <laughs> uh, I'm not going to say Frank, bro. Oh With no, 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 With the wingspan. I'm going Kevin Knox. Uh, Both but, are pick your poison, bro. Yeah, true. But uh, <laughs> Trey Murphy, I, I, I like a lot about him. Do you? And as you said, like a Tibbs guy, do you think – I know in college, like, they really implement systems, right? They really want you to, like, run their system. It's really team basketball. It's not like the NBA where you get to really flourish and show all your skill sets. What do you think about his playmaking? Do you think he has a little bit of playmaking that, like, is there's more to be there? Because um, that's what I've heard is that there's some playmaking that's just untapped. And what do you think about being a guy who can just start shooting off the dribble and start doing a little bit of his own type of stuff? Do you think that's there in his game? Yeah, those are his two sort of biggest, you know, weakness areas or, you know, things that he has to work on going forward. Um, I liked what he's what he did, you know, off of, you know, one dribble, you know, rip throughs and attacks, um, getting to the basket. That's something I don't have concern about. I think people talked about him being like solely stationary a little bit too much. That's just what I've heard. But I think he's got a little bit more, you know, to give there in terms of like dribble pull ups um, and, you know, mid ranges and things like that. Self creation. He's got a ways to go. You know, the jumper does not look the same um, in, on those shots. It's a little bit more flat. Uh, he's just a little less comfortable um, on those. I think that's just a product of him just going to have to work on, you know, just getting those things out. But when you're like a star role player, that's very, that's something that's very easy to, you know, focus on. Um, going forward, you do these things well, and then, you know, in the future, we'll, you'll get more opportunities and, you know, put focus on this, um, going forward. And, and then in terms of playmaking, I, I don't know if he's really necessarily somebody who you really want, you know, handling the ball at the NBA level and like that. Um, but in some, like somebody who's going to make the extra pass, that's, that's a given, you know, team basketball, he's going to do that. He's not going to, you know, just J.R. Smith waste, <laughs> yeah. you know, whenever he feels like it. Um, but yeah. Yeah. He's shout very team. I was going to say shout out to my guy, J.R. Smith. I love J.R. Smith. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I loved him when he was on that, uh, 12, 13 Knicks. I like when he came the season before, came from China. Uh, yeah. Like with the shirt off, Alex. You like, you like shirtless J.R. <laughs> I'm happy for J.R. Smith. Okay. I'm happy for J.R. Smith. Right? <laughs> yeah, I got to play, I got to play pick up with his uh, brother at Manhattan College because his brother was just there uh, shooting around. So I, once I'll, a I'll Nick, take bro. That. Once a Nick, always a Nick. Chris Smith. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Classic. Uh, Talk about getting <laughs> favors done. That's what that was. <laughs> yeah. Classic stuff, man. But dude, Trey, you're, I, I, I actually really agree with Keandre. Like watching Virginia like a lot this year. Um, he's very good in the team basketball. To be honest though, Alex, like he's kind of going to drive us a little bit crazy in the fact that he's very like binary. Like it's like, like if, if, if he's going to shoot, he already decided that he's going to shoot like a second and a half before he got the ball. Like he doesn't, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, or if he's going to pass it, like he already knows he's going to pass it. If he's going to drive in, 
Like he know he already saw the lane and he's about to like dive in there as soon as he gets the ball. You know what I mean? So like, of course he's a he's a rookie, right? He's not even a rookie yet. So like, those are stuff that you could work on, especially if he's in the bench and he's not you know asked to kind of be the offense sometimes in Virginia, especially when they were stagnant. They were just like, "Come on, dude, do something!" Like you know, like that meme when they're like poking, like like that's what they were within. Like, come on, man, like. We're stagnant and we need you. And he's like, no, like I need, I just like, he's like in the flow of an offense type of guy. You know what I mean? Um, so that's the one, that's the one thing I don't love about him. He's not, he's not going to RJ it up where like sometimes like if you like, if we're stagnant and you need a basket, you can kind of give it to RJ and he'll like get, get to the rim or he'll like do something. You know what I mean? That's not him. He's going to like keep passing it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if you give it to him, he's going to keep passing it back. Like he's not going to like, penetrate or do something he's not going to like create that type of you know penetrating offense which we're uh starving for like in a separate role from our point guard you know what i mean just like that's just like the that's like the best way i could when i was like watching him i was like kind of picturing that role but dude he's so perfect for the tibbs role that you know just come off the bench play defense hit threes like be quiet <laughs> you know what i mean plays 30 minutes a, he's been playing 30 minutes a game for the last like couple of years his free throws have been improving dramatically. He's up to like 90 plus percent. Like he's, he's efficient from the field. Like you mentioned, he's efficient from the three. He's efficient from the free throw line. Uh, like counter said, which is kind of, you don't just get that in college. It's, it's pretty rare. Um, and then if he's going to be forced to work with when he's like staring at players like Randall and RJ, like that stuff matters when we're talking about, uh, the draft and when we're talking about uh, like Tibbs fits. It's also like fits with Randall and RJ. Like if you're going to be, if you're not going to work hard, like you're just not going to make it. You're not going to make it in that locker room. You know what I mean? Randall is showing up to places and shooting around on the road. Like you get, you have to go. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you want to play. So like you have to, like you have to have that type of like grit uh, mentality. And Trey just like, he, he matches that for me. So I really hope he falls to one of our spots, man. So that's the question I'm about to ask, uh, County. Where do you see Trey Murphy uh, falling? Because I'm now hearing that he's going up the draft board too. So, question: Where? So the question is: Where do you think he'll? Where do you think is the range he'll be taking? And do you think this is a guy that the Knicks should potentially package some picks and move up to get? Yeah. So I think you know before, like let's just say like a, a month or two ago he's probably somebody who might even slip into the second round but now wow. he's definitely a first round pick um at this yeah. point i'd say virginia, he's like bro he's got the virginia uh, the virginia like stain <laughs> on him yeah so i would say that um you know at the, at this point he's probably a guy who's like a mid mid teens to you know all the way into the first round type of guy um, he, there's a very strong possibility that he's going to be there for, for the Knicks at, at 19 and 21. Um, I wouldn't personally trade up for him because I think you can get a lot of value out of both of those picks. Um, unless you're able to, you know, package like, let's say 21 and 32, you still keep 19. Then, then that's something that I would, I would explore. But other than that, I think you just, you know, hope he falls um, into that area because there's a very good chance that he does. Um, and then you got, you've got a guy who, you know, you really like on the Knicks. Awesome. I really hope Dude, the Knicks that, get Trey Murphy. I really, that, <laughs> that, that 30 second pick, that 30 second pick has been passed around the league. So I, I, I don't, <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised if it gets passed around one more time. Yeah. That's a fact. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's move on to another guy that has been on Knicks. 
the Knicks or, or more so Knicks fans radar. It's uh Trey Mann. Uh Auburn, right? If I'm if I'm correct. No, no, not not Auburn. Um Florida. Sharif Cooper. Florida, thank you. Florida. Yeah. yeah. I'm thinking Sharif Cooper from Auburn. Uh yeah. So let's talk about the Florida product and Trey Mann. What can you what can you give us about him? Yeah, Trey Mann is one of my, you know, overall favorites in this entire class. Um wow. somebody who who can He's one of the best shot creators in the class, space creators for sure. Um, his ability to stop on a dime, um, you know, change directions is, I wouldn't say a hundred percent Kimba level, but it's Kimba like, you know, the ability, his, his shiftiness and things like that. Um, you know, just really super unique. Um, somebody who's really developed well over these last two years, being a McDonald's All American, um, having a really rough season, freshman season at Florida and then bouncing back in his sophomore season, becoming the star. Um, taking them to the tournament and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, especially if we're talking like Nick centric, like somebody who can create shots and, and do what he does. Um, and you know, develop into somebody who's going to be a, a better playmaker. I think that there's been a lot of signs of that. Um, and then dating back to what he did, you know, his last couple years in high school, I think, you know, those, you know, signs are there. Um, but yeah, I, I really like him. He's, he's one of my favorites. Somebody who's has some of the best range in, in the class, really knocked down three point shooter, better athlete than, you know, vertical athlete than he might, you know, pop immediately. Um, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much Trey Mann. He's the only point guard I could see the Knicks actually drafting, right? Like, you don't you think, you don't think, uh, uh, I was going to say the other point guard would be Sharif Cooper. I think the Knicks yeah. would take him too, just because Sharif yeah. is more of a playmaker and his ability okay. to just like crave for others. Even though okay. that shot is, the question is, can he develop yeah. that shot? We'll, we'll talk about. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think it might but, be too much. <laughs> but hey, look, if uh, people, like, I'm not saying that he's well known ball, but people like playmaking and stuff, someone that can drive and do all that other yeah. creation, that stuff that you need, which the Knicks do need. Like, there's no such thing as a perfect player. I would look at Sharif Cooper as well. But okay. sticking with Trey, man, I do like I do like what I hear uh, you you talk about, Keandre, uh shot creator, Kemba Light. I like I, look. I was cardiac Kemba when he was at UConn. I like <laughs> uh, I like I like that. We need shot creation. You know that Knicks need more shot creation. This is another player that's interesting to me. He's definitely in my top three players that I, I I've been looking at for the Knicks. Um, do you see him? How do you see? Because I because I don't see him starting. Like if he came yeah. to the Knicks, he's not. He's starting. such a combo uh, guard, dude. He's such a combo guard. He's like one. That's this, why. Yeah, he's like. And so this is then this is where I'm going. Uh, so him and Emmanuel quickly. You know, the hope would be that one of them could be. Uh, you okay. know, people are hoping that Emmanuel quickly is being the point guard of the future, develops the playmaking. Because if Emmanuel quickly could develop the playmaking, that's where we're talking about a whole other level to who Emmanuel quickly is. But let's say that they are who they are, because I don't see that I don't see that bag coming to being a, a top tier playmaker. It's not something that learned that's learned overnight. Emmanuel quickly, Trey Mann working the backcourt. How does that how do you see that working? Yeah, they they definitely do overlap, you know, a bit, but I like, you know, just the kind of juice that they bring, especially from the outside. I think that you can make it work, especially if there's another guy in there. If if Derrick Rose isn't there, then I I definitely like it a little bit more. But if they're all three there, then there's kind of a lot of overlap. I'd rather have you know somebody who's going to set the table just a little bit more for the rest of the team, especially when you have you know Randall and RJ who's who are going to have the ball quite a bit. Um, you know, did just- you really reading my thoughts? Like the as <laughs> as Alex is talking, I'm like doing like the R.I.P. D. Rose like in my head. <laughs> like oh man. 
This means yeah. he's gone. Well, yeah, it, it would probably in this in this scenario. It probably does because you know the the other alternative would be that Emmanuel quickly has taken his game to another level. He's in the starting unit, and then you get Trey Mann in the second. Yeah, I don't see that happening overnight either. So that's yeah. that takes some that takes some time. Look, I know I know for to be a point guard in the NBA, it takes about four or five years to really get your your grasp of like the league and how things work. Um, and to be a point guard in the Knicks, it takes three decades. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know what a point guard is. Never found one. Uh, Raymond never Felton heard of one. <laughs> Raymond Felton and Jake kid was the best combo of a semblance of a point guard that we had. The fact that we needed two to make one should say just all you need to know about this franchise and their point guard woes. But I like Trey Mann. I do like his scoring. Yeah. I think that's the thing that's very intriguing is that if we do we do need scoring and you know. Alec Burks, this is like if you want to talk about having D Rose, this is I guess that's another question. What if you got rid of Alec Burks? Because we had we saw lineups for the next words D Rose, Emmanuel Quickly, Alec Burks, then insert Obi Toppin and Taj Gibson. How about that? How about seeing you? So this is where I think Alec Burks doesn't come back. You bring back, you bring Trey Mann, Emmanuel Quickly, Derek Rose as a rotation. Is that too undersized? Like, because it would be a lot of speed at that point, which I'm also fine with. Because yeah, in, in a perfect world, Obi Toppin's playing a small ball fight, and we're just out in transition. Yeah, so I think Alec Burks' biggest appeal in terms of like comparison with those other guys is he's you know bigger. He can guard wings. Um, that's kind of the difference. Trey Man, that his his one of his bigger weaknesses is like you know fully recognizing what he can do defensively. Um, and he's somebody who's you know better suited to guard twos and, and ones. Um, so that would be kind of clunky, especially on a Tibbs team. You know, that's kind of something I don't know if I see him sort of giving up. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of what it is. Um, okay. if you were going to run that three guard lineup, especially with quickly being so like small, like frame wise, um, you know, at the moment. Yeah. I mean, he's also an undersized guard. I mean, I say undersized six, three has somehow become undersized and I'm five eleven. I'm like, this is <laughs> we're talking about undersized, uh, but yeah, no, like quickly's frame, he's very thin, six three. So you know he's only max that he can guard is a two, and that's even questionable based on like the matchup. So I, I get that it it's a little it's a lot to ask Sharif Cooper yeah. and Emmanuel quickly for defense. That's that's where I'm saying it would be all offense at that point if you're if you're bring it on. And that's where you're hoping that the dream have Obi Top at the five, just roll out that small ball lineup, but I don't think yeah. it's gonna happen. <laughs> oh, Alex is dreaming on this beautiful morning, <laughs> man. He's got IQ starting, Obi on the stretch. Like he, we're killing it right now. Oh, I, I didn't see him start. I'm just, I'm just talking about uh just talking I just about love that. I just I just like we're just sitting in July. Like I love it. I actually love it. Because we're not desperate about. right now. We're not desperate to like Dude, I don't know. For the last like ten years, right now we'd be sitting, we'd be dying right now, talking about the draft, talking about how we have to make a trade. But right now we're like, yo, we got players, and we're trying to, we're just trying to fit. They're just trying to fit our scheme, our role, and it's just, ah, oh, it's just so nice to see. So here's here's the question for now, Counter Counter. Where do you see uh, Trey Man falling? Do you see him falling in the nineteen, like in the late teens, twenties? Uh, where is he go? Where where is he falling? Yeah. So based on like everybody else's sort of, you know, projection of him, he's definitely going to be there, um, in that sort of range. Maybe you have to, you know, give up a second or something to move up a spot or two, um, give maybe a, a contract or, or whatever up. But, you know, if you, if he's like really your guy, but other than that, I think he should be there. Uh, there's been a lot of mocks where he, you know, falls into the mid twenties. I think he's a talent that, you know, deserves to be, in that sort of lottery conversation. Um, but that's kind of just his 
his range right now. Okay. Okay. I, hey, I wouldn't be upset if the Knicks took him. Uh, that just it just means a lot of questions on the direction that they're going uh, for a team, and maybe if that's the case, they do take him. Then John's boy Kyle Lowry is coming to town. So let's go. <laughs> Always down for some Kyle Lowry action. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to the next guy that we kind of alluded to when talking about trade man. We're talking about Sharif Cooper now, the Auburn product. Um, Meh. All right. Uh, I, I like uh, the playmaking. That's what I got from Keandre. The playmaking is the is the one thing. And if we're talking about a guy that we want to at some point be a point guard for this team and just create for others somewhere down the road, that's fine. And as we've seen in this league, players can develop their shot. Look, if we're talking about Lonzo Ball, who had a hitch in his shot, developed his shot. We could talk about a lot of other players who develop their shot and make it somewhat respectable. I just need it to be respectable. I don't need him to be this dude. Shot, I don't know, like, man. He's creator, such a but... Ben Simmons from LSU. Like, I cannot see when I'm watching Auburn this year. When I'm watching Cooper, all I see is Ben Simmons LSU. The team stinks, and he's just doing his thing, and he can't shoot. And if you just guard him, he's gonna be nothing. Like, oh man, uh, I'm off. All I'm right. off the Cooper train. Get me off the Cooper train, Keandre. What do you think, man? <laughs> Hey, uh, you might, after I, I say this, you might get back on. Um, but right, you know, Sh- Sharif Cooper is, he's, he's my pick for the most dynamic playmaker in this, in this, uh, class. Um, even with the guys like Kate Cunningham, you know, Josh Giddy, um, some of the others, uh, up there, the really talented passers. Um, you know, his ability to just put pressure on a defense. Um, I think his speed, his handle is really, really important in the modern NBA. Somebody who can create an event, an event an advantage um on a defense uh but yeah i really like sharif cooper i think you know the shot is the number one thing that he's got to work on and you know i i feel like we've kind of been overthinking this just a little bit um somebody his that talented somebody who's going to put up 20 and 8 in college basketball that's not something that you see eight assists is really hard to do in the college game um his teammates, you know, really good athletes, but he elevated the level of their play, you know, quite a bit. Um, you can see a stark contrast between, you know, when he was suspended for the NCAAs, you know, stupid, you know, whole little sham thing <laughs> they got going. Um, and then when he started playing those 12 games and then afterwards, um, how they looked, it was, you know, very, very distinct. Um, but yeah, so the shot has got to look better, but you know, at the combine, it already has made some improvements. He's kind of taken back you know, that backwards lean out, you know, he's got the ball a little bit in a better position, you know, in terms of where he's shooting it um, in front of his face. Um, so I like that a lot, especially in these just like three, four months that he's, you know, been working on it. Um, so that's positive. And then, you know, the in-between game, he's shown some good touch. He's got a high um, free throw percentage, which is encouraging, but he's got to be able to, you know, put pressure on the defense um, and the pick and roll so they can't just drop on him. He's got to be able to take that floater, um, hit that mid-range jump shot. Um, those are very two two big keys for an NBA point guard. But, you know, in the right situation, and I think the Knicks, you know, do fit him pretty well. Somebody who can handle the ball, set up others, um, and then, you know, just let everything else, you know, fall into place. Especially when you've got some of the defenders that they do have. Um, and then you've got Tibbs, so that's going to work well. Um, I think that, that him, he could reach, you know, his potential. He has some of the highest potential, um, from the, all the guards in the draft, in my opinion. Um, just somebody who does things that, you know, other, other players just don't do, you know, that 
just because he he's his shot isn't there, I feel like a lot of people just kind of turn away um, from his direction. But you've got to just kind of put this on like a plan. Like if these are the only things that he has to focus on um, going forward, you know, what can he become? Because the, all the, the other parts of his game he's got, he can do things for an NBA team. And that's why I like him. And I've kind of sort of started to move him back up a little bit higher um, into my rankings, just kind of, you know, rethinking about him as a player. So I, I like everything that you said about Street Cooper. I think the thing that you talked about is playmaking because there was a certain player that we talked about who didn't have a shot that did a lot of playmaking last year and Lamella Ball that people were very high on because of that. Well, he's a transcendent passer. I'm just going to call it like it is. Yeah. I don't say Sharif Cooper is a transcendent passer, but he, he does play make and he does get people going, which is still very important. There, yeah. It's, it's not there. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's just, it's close to being there like Lamella, but just not quite there. Um, and you point and you phrased it very well. What are the things that he has to work on? And if it's just shooting and those type of things, it's not, it's not the, 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 the largest hurdle to overcome. We've, like I said, we've seen guys do it, you know, whether it's Lamel, well, I'm not, and I'm not, you know, when I throw out the greats who've done it too, like LeBron, who's included a shot, I'm not just saying that, oh yeah, they're great. They're, of course, they're going to take the time, but he's young. I think the time is there. If you're in a system where you believe for the Knicks, if you believe in Johnny Bryant as a guy who can get someone right, you know, because that's who Donovan Mitchell and uh, Damian Lillard have trusted in their careers to develop to be such great guys. I think if you have that type of voice in that type in the locker room, then Sharif Cooper does that high ceiling is it's, it's there for the taking, especially if he's there at 19 and 21. If I were the Knicks, I'd probably pull, pull on him more so than uh, Trey Mann just because of the dynamic playmaking and everything like there. And I think the encouraging part is what you talked about, his free throw percentage. He has touch. So the touch is there. It's just working on the mechanics at that point just to get it all situated. And the other thing that I like about him for being in college, he's 6'1", but he's getting f- over four rebounds. That like that like That's someone who's flying and crashing the boards and just he's just re- willing to hustle, ready to play. I like that type of aspect. So Sharif Cooper, he's he's there too for – he's in the top three of the guys I like between Trey Murphy, Sharif Cooper, and Trey Mann. Those are like the top guys that I really do like. And I probably put – I'm probably a little bit more higher on Sharif Cooper than uh, Trey Mann just because of the, the, the overlap uh, wow. personally. That's just me. Yeah, yeah I, I see that, you know, especially with quickly already there, I think they they might be a little bit smaller, but they their games agree a little bit more. And I also forgot to mention, you know, defensively, he is small, so he will be attacked, you know, quite often. Um, that's just kind of the nature of the game. That's just how NBA basketball goes. But, you know, in terms of like staying in front of somebody, um, you know, getting into somebody, picking up full court, he had those moments. He he moves really well laterally. Um you know, that's, that's, that's at least a positive, even though that, you know, at that size, you will be, you know, somewhat attacked. Yeah. Um, especially with it. I just can't see him getting minutes, man, in the playoffs. Like, can you see him playing real playoff minutes? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it might be a yeah. process, maybe not right away. Like, if he, if the shot isn't right away there, you know, in his first year, he might not, you know, that's just kind of the nature of it. But going forward, you know, shooting is sort of a tough thing to, you know, develop. But if that's the only thing that you're focusing on, that like that's the only thing that that is going to take you from here to here, like the next level, then, you know, that's that's a good sign. If there's somebody who has, you know, all these different things, he can't, you know, figure out the pick and roll. He doesn't know what to do um, naturally. He, he can't find people, you know, defensively. He can't move, you know, just 
a whole bunch of things to work on, you know, and he hasn't shown signs of like improving like Sharif has already with the combine, then you've got a whole different kind of situation. But, you know, the way that he, he has, you know, shown, you know, the ability to improve, you know, a guy who's been prolific on the high school levels, um, on every level, you know, he shot 35% in, in EYBL. So, you know, there's, there's signs of him being, you know, a better shooter in the future. And that's something that I think you, if he's there at 19, I think you just got to bet on it, bet on the talent. And if he doesn't work out, maybe you got somebody at 21, 32 who, you know, helps you. And you've got, you know, RJ developing, maybe he could possibly, you know, develop his playmaking into a, into a level that, you know, overlap, like covers up, you know, some of the mistakes if they, if they happen to make some. That's okay. fair. That's fair. The, 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 the last note I'll say is like all we're craving. Well, the Knicks are craving three things, right? Um, three and D and then the playmaking. And I think he's lacking the defense and the, the, the and the three, like the shooting part so much that even though he's so attractive, you know, at playmaking, like, you know, like in our world, like he's hot. Like, yes, he's a playmaking. We, we need it. We're desperate for it, but like, we can't ignore the red flags. That's just that's just that's just my like my note on him. I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope he becomes yeah. a really good basketball player, no matter what team he's on. That'd be really cool. Like I love playmakers, and if he could like develop that, but it just like when I'm thinking about at least my New York Knicks, like I just can't see it. I just I don't I don't. The one thing I'll give you though is him and IQ definitely better fit than uh, than man and IQ. I'll like 100 percent on that. So. Yeah. I mean, the concerns are there. Like, it's, it's not, it's not, you're not like just crazy for thinking that. But I think just projecting forward, you have somebody who has like the sort of talent that in, if he develops properly, you got somebody who could potentially be a steal at like 19 or 21. Um, rather than a guy who maybe, you know, a Trey Murphy who like kind of just fits sort of in that. Oh, he's the, he's the 14th best player in this draft, which is really good a lot of times, or he's the 10th best player in his draft. Um, I think Sharif Cooper has like potentially top five level player in this draft. If everything goes, you know, best case scenario for him, you know, look at what a guy like Trey Young is doing, um, to defenses. Is he going to be that three point shooting threat? Probably not. That's, that's too much to ask for him. Somebody who can be respectable, hit pull ups, you know, punish drop. That's, that's where his game gets completely unlocked. Yeah. And that's, you know, I don't think you need, I guess my last words on him is that you don't need to be this perfect player. Like, like, look, you know, he's not going to be the defensive stalwarth. We've seen undersized point guards make it who get exposed. We're we're seeing it right now with Chris Paul's getting like his size, taking advantage of him in the playoffs. Obviously we're not saying that he's Chris Paul, but I'm just saying like we could see undersized got undersized guards who have made it, especially at the point guard position. So I think it, I I agree with uh, Keandre that I would take that risk, but John, there's someone that you want to, to bring up as well. So who, who is the guy that you want to mention? Well, honestly, like I, if Trey Mancini, uh, you know, is is the home run uh, story because of the cancer uh, and his, you know, health issues. I guess like Gerard Butler is really like the the NBA draft version of that, right? So he uh, first committed to play in Alabama in 2018, had a heart condition. But then he was cleared and he was good for the, you know, Baylor Bears for three years as if nothing happened. But then to get into the NBA draft, he had to go through clearance again, um, which I'm, which is, I guess, the most nerve wracking, you know, time of his life. Like just sitting there thinking like they could just say, no, you can't play because his heart condition, like his whole life goal. 
um, even though he's been playing. And now he got cleared. And then, coincidentally enough, now he's being, you know, just like talked about, you know, for the Knicks. And so I don't really want to talk about his heart condition. <laughs> like, I don't want to talk about his injury. Like, we, like, none of us know. And also, like, he's been cleared. So let's just assume it's okay and not kind of um, give him the red flag of Chris Bosh or, you know, any of the guys with, like, the heart issues like LaMarcus Aldridge, Klotz, any of that stuff. Like, I just kind of want to know what you guys think about his actual game and how he, you know, fits on the Knicks. And just, like, shout out to him. I just think he's – it's just awesome, dude. I'm happy for him. Like, I hope he really makes it in the NBA. And I'm – he would light the garden on fire if he just showed up. But I'm just curious about his actual game and like what you guys actually think about like uh, how he played this year. Yeah, I, you know, Jared Butler was one of the most, you know, complete guards in all of college basketball. Uh, somebody who, you know, he defends well. He shoots the three really well, both off the dribble, off movement, spot ups, all across the board. Um, and he's been he's been doing that the last several years in college. Um, unlike his, you know, teammate Davion Mitchell, where this was sort of a a new thing for him. Exactly. Uh, new yeah. 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 Um, I think that they're actually him and Davion Mitchell are a little bit closer in terms of you know like talent and actual like NBA league projection. Then you know has Davion Mitchell has sort of vaulted himself into like conversations I never thought he would go um just because of his you know late tournament performance um but yeah I, I really like Jared Butler especially for this Knicks team somebody who can you know play both guard spots um I think he's a bit, little bit better playmaker than like the assist will show just because you know that that if you watch Baylor at all they had four guards who like could really be point guards on like high major D1 teams this year um so I think that'll you know, will pop a little bit in the league, but yeah, yeah, I think he's a Tibbs guy, somebody who comes in, works, you know, all, Hell all yeah. business. Yeah, Hell for yeah. Sure. he's an NBA guy too. Like he's gonna be a beast in this league. I, I, if he drops because of his injury issues, who, whichever team picks him up is gonna get an absolute steal. I, I feel like it might be like an OKC, a San Antonio, like a smart, you know, like small market, small team. And I just hope to God it's this new age Knicks front office that picks him up. Yeah, I I wouldn't I don't think that he has like certainly the the highest like ceiling. Um but he is like a lot younger than you know you would like think in your mind just cuz you've seen him in college basketball so for so long. Um he's only 20 still. Um he'll be 21 like during the season, but like in comparison wow. to some of these other That's guys. That's crazy, dude. 3 years too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um but he he does have like, you know, sort of this like still growth curve that is that is there and exists. Um, but yeah, I, I really like Jared Butler, especially for a team like the Knicks who, you know, really wants to win now, but, you know, has a guy who can, you know, grow with, you know, the RJs, the quicklies, um, you know, Obi top and everybody else in that young core. Okay. Do you see, so would he be more of a shoot? Is he more of a shooting guard though? Or would he be a hand on the rock? <laughs> I, I think that he can, I think he can play the one, you know, pretty well, um, if quickly, if you think quickly can play the one, then Jerry Butler definitely can. Um, but because he's he's shown that a little bit way more than you know quickly did in college. That's partly that's partly you know Calipari's fault. But um, you know he's he's definitely a little bit better. You know more experienced, more polished. You know makes a little bit better decisions than than a guy like quickly. You know would from the jump. All right, all right, I can get behind that. I would hopefully the Knicks are. You said the Knicks are looking at him, right, John? 
I'm that's the rumor. Yeah, like that's the rumor because he just got cleared in and now the Knicks are, of course, being tossed in for rumors for the most popular, you know, hot button story, which we all know how that goes. But if he actually does start falling, you know what I mean? And we have an abundance of picks. And, you know, if we're kind of both, you know, I won't say shocked, but, you, you know, just like a little intrigued by the fact that the Knicks actually use all their draft picks. Like give me, give me him, please. Like give me him, yeah. at the, like you know, rolling out at the end there. Like if he's falling, that would be fan- that that you know pesky thirty second pick that nobody wants. Like give me Gerald Butler. Like that would be sick. Yeah, if that happens because you know the health issues or whatever, you you run like you start a party in New York like immediately. Like, that's <laughs> that's a home run. Um, Do you see him falling that far though? I mean, if there's like some information floating out there, like that's the only reason that he would. But the talent would say otherwise. Like the Lakers, I feel like the Lakers would be, you know, big candidates mm. to pick him at 22. The Clippers, you know, especially with Kawhi being out. Um, there's a few other teams in there, like the Jazz, maybe depending on what Mike Conley is. But they also were playing Mie Oni, Um So that's yeah. at 30. He's going to be so, on your television next year. Yeah, for sure. Uh, safe to say he's going to be on your television. Right. Not league pass right. too. I think he's gonna be on like I think he's gonna be like your 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 local television. All right, all right. Hopefully the Knicks can get him then. At the, especially if like especially if he drops that late. We'll see what happens. We'll see if there's any more rumors or any news coming out around there. But I like what I hear. Last one I want to talk about uh, is Usman Garaba because you know we need. Another big. John always mentions that we need another big on this team because we do need another big. We don't know if Mitchell Robinson's going to be a Nick. We don't or Noel. Well, Noel's definitely not coming back. I can, I can <laughs> yeah. guarantee that he's it's not coming tough, back. It's tough, man. He's... It's barren out here already. <laughs> this is Taj Gibson <laughs> at this point. Mitch and Taj Gibson. Taj getting more 30 minutes than we expected. Uh, hopefully not because those knees can't take, oh, it can only take so much longer. <laughs> I need to hurt watching him, bro. Bro, honestly though, it, it, watching Taj like he really found the fountain of youth. I really got to talk to that man because he was doing he was getting put back dunks. I was like, who is this guy right now? This guy just showed out of nowhere. He's my parents' but, favorite player, Taj Gibson. They've been watching the Knicks this year. They, they, Taj Gibson is their favorite player. A pro's pro, man. The man goes in about his business. Good vet, leads the young guys. How can you not like him? He's from New York, Brooklyn, Brooklyn native. It's just screaming all there for Knicks and New Yorkers just to love him. But Keandre, what do you think about Usman? Do you think he's a, what do you think about him as a prospect? Uh, where do you think he'll fall? Uh, fit with the Knicks? What, what can you give us about, uh, the man that plays for, for Spain? <laughs> yeah. So he's, he's a definite tips guy. Like if we're ranking all of them throughout the draft, he's probably, you know, just safely, I'd say he's top three, probably top two. Um, wow. somebody who, you know, comes in, defends first. Um, that's really what his like calling card is going to be in the league, you know, regardless of the other places of his game that he, you know, develops in. Um, just really advanced guy, like 18, 19 years old playing in, you know, the second best league in the world. Um, and playing for, you know, uh, Real Madrid. Um, he's, he's somebody who, you know, can, can defend on the perimeter. Um, he blocks shots. Uh, he hasn't had like heavy minutes yet. He's still like kind of a role guy, but that's kind of, when you're on a team like that, like we're winning, like we don't care. We really care about like how good you are at this age or whatever, you know, that's just kind of the, kind of the thing. But, you know, somebody who has shown signs of being able to, you know, hit that corner three, that's going to be big for him. He's a little bit undersized at like six, eight. Um, so he, he's probably, he's not a 
full-time five in the league. But, you know, I think he can play spot minutes there, um, especially in, like, closing lineups. You see, like, Draymond Green playing out there at, like, 6'6". Six, six. Um, that's, like, his real height. Um, and then you've got, you know, even Taj Gibson a little bit. He's a little undersized. He's playing some minutes mm-hmm. at the five. Um, you know, I I I tend to like Usman Garuba a lot, especially, you know, just given his age, his experience. Um, he's a he's a really advanced playmaker on like short rolls, um, which is very important in the modern NBA. That's like all pick and roll. Um, but yeah, especially for the Knicks, you know, somebody you can throw in there into their you know, their big rotation. Um, especially if you want to like throw Julius Randle at the five, maybe him at the four um, and just see things from there. Somebody who's going to, you know, do all the little things well defensively. That's that's somebody who helps you win basketball games. He might not be flashy. Knicks fans might not get excited about it. You know, he's not going to score thirty, but somebody who's going to do all, We're gonna all little him. things. You know, yeah, <laughs> right. But he's gonna he's gonna come in. He's gonna he's gonna do a lot of things well. Um, and you know, if he can develop the shot, he becomes a really important player. You know, for for teams. I like, so I'm not really too worried. How old is he? 18, you said? Is he 18? I think he might have turned 19, but he played like all his season at 18. Okay. So I'm not too worried because somehow guys at that age still grow. Like we saw Giannis continue to grow. So he could still grow. I'm not saying he's going to grow, you know, to be the seven footer that everyone hopes from the center, but he could still grow a little bit more. Maybe six, nine, maybe six, eight, max six, 10. Even still, I think that's still a good size for a center. Even if you're playing a backup five, I'm just, and we're talking about backup five. We're not, you know, he doesn't necessarily have to be the full time center, but I'm expecting that he'd be like a second round pick. I don't see him being a first rounder, right? That's, that's the, that's kind of my guessing inclination or, or could he go higher? I don't know. He's somebody who I, you know, different mocks that I've done and like with other people, he, he's usually kind of a top 25 type of guy. Um, on my, on my rankings, he's a top 20 player just because of how good he is defensively. Um, you know, you just don't see young bigs being able to make these rotations, being in the right spot this often. Um, six, eight, but he does have a really good wingspan. Um, and you know, just like the, like the age, you know, he's been helping and contributing to winning. And when guys have gone out, he's had these games where he scores 20 points, you know, gets three blocks in a game. Um, it's not been all consistent because he doesn't really get all the minutes and he's just not ready for that yet. But, you know, somebody who, you know, like a Draymond Green, like Bam Adebayo, maybe not at that highest of levels, but somebody who's really versatile and, you know, can do things that, you know, just the other guys can't in, in the league. That's that's what Garuba at his best can can become. Holy shit, that's pretty high. I don't, goddamn. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if he's, he's kind of flown under the radar a little bit. Okay, if he's going top 20, I don't see the Knicks. Yeah, uh, going after to to get him. But if he does drop, if he does get down to that, those maybe the later, I would say like the the dream would be like thirty two. Um, I think that's if the Knicks do keep a pick that they're looking to draft a center later, uh, more so. And just because, no, my but my thing for 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 the Knicks is this: is that we saw even with Mitch and even Noel that they're not big keys in the offense. They're just really there to be rim protectors, grab boards, uh, and, and just kind of just be that anchor. You know, if you get an easy bucket, you're getting the easy bucket. I don't think Tibbs is looking for a flashy center who can, you know, shoot the outside three. If you can, that's great. We're going to use you to do it, but I don't think he's looking for them to be that offensive juggernaut. So that's why 
Garaba sounds very intriguing because he does all the little things that you're talking about. You know, if he can pass out of the short roll, if he can get set good screens, if he's just there at the right position for every single time at the age of 18, it just sounds like a Tibbs guy, as you pointed out early, Keandre, because that's what Tibbs wants out of his center. He, they just need to be at the right position, right time, defend well. And from what you're saying is that he does all of these things. Um, my question for you is, and this is a little bit too nuanced because maybe not, not nuanced necessarily, but how good is he on the offensive glass? Because, Mitchell Robinson is a good offensive rebounder. He's a top, he's one of the top bigs in offensive boards. And we saw that change once Nerlens Noel came in here when he came for second chance points. Not so much. Would you say Garaba is that? And that's kind of like my last question for, for him. And then we can wait, wait, throw in, throw in pick and roll defense in there too. Cause sure. like that, pick, that's, a, that's the one thing that killed us as well with Mitch once he left. For sure. Yeah. So, you know, Garuba is, he's kind of a, He's a different type of player than, you know, your Mitchell Robinsons and Nerlens Noels. He's more in that, like we said, like Taj Gibson-ish, Bam Adebayo, like, you know, gritty type of players. But like pick and roll defense, that's his, that's his thing. Like somebody who can switch out onto there. He ripped Shane Larkin several times, <laughs> you know, wow. on the perimeter, you know, just if you go watch that, uh, scouting report that I've done, you'll, you'll have a really like, you know, good, idea of who he can be as a player strength and weaknesses and everything um he's he's not getting a lot of a whole bunch of coverage you know everybody's kind of focusing on like Sharif Cooper's you know Scotty Barnes those type of guys um but in terms of that he's he's like one of the best in the entire class um offensive rebounding you know he's he's solid on the offensive glass like he's not like spectacular or anything but he has a really good motor um long arms and everything like that and then in the meet and in the NBA, like things get a little bit different. It's like a little bit different to project because everybody's not boxing out in 82 games of the regular season. Like that stuff kind of changes in the playoffs and you kind of forget about that. But like the amount of times people just like lose their man and somebody gets a put back dunk in the regular season is pretty, pretty high. I think he's somebody who can definitely get you those, you know, like garbage buckets, like the, the Joe Noah's, um, you know, kind of lived off of for a lot of their career. Okay. That's awesome. I think that covered it for most of our, our draft talk for who we had to bring up and just discuss. Uh, Keandre, before we move on to the last part, which is just talk about general NBA. If you want to give us like, not necessarily like in depth, but three names for everyone just to go out to leave off for Knicks fans to just do some homework on later and go check out your wonderful YouTube channel. Who, who are some three names that you can give us that Knicks fans should also look out for for the 19, 21, or even later? That we didn't already mention? That we did not already mention. Okay, so I think, you know, one of those guys is, um, let's go with uh, Bones Highland um, out of VCU. Okay. Somebody who, you know, gets a lot of quickly comparisons. I think, you know, somebody's, you know, dynamic three-point shooter, um, you know, really gritty. He's got really a lot of toughness. Perfect tip, tips guy. Um I think Josh Christopher is somebody who's another option, somebody who, you know, has got great size at the two guard spot. He's, you know, he's really physical, strong, um, you know, wired to score, but he can do other things as well. You know, signs as a passer, um, solid defender, long arms, everything like that. And then the last guy that I would say is, uh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, you know, more, he's got a, a pretty good range, you know, from like 20 on, but more for that 32nd pick, a, a big who can, you know, do a lot of different things, 
um, you know, does all the little things well, makes few mistakes, um, got some face-up potential, you know, scoring potential, things like that. Um, perfect tips guy that, you know, kind of four, you know, undersized five type of guy. All right. And now just to quickly run them off, you got Jeremiah Robinson Earl, who I can't forget because that is quite the name. The other two are Jeremiah Robinson, Jeremiah Robinson Earl from Villanova, um, mm-hmm. Bones Highland from VCU. Bones Highland. And yeah, the last one was Josh Christopher from Arizona State. All right. Those are definitely three names I'm going to check out later today. So, Keandre, thank you for your draft insight. Really appreciate it. But before we get you out of here, we know you're a hoops head, so we got to talk about the NBA Finals. And we just had game five last night. That was an epic game. You know, Bucks were down 16 early on, somehow tied it, and then took the lead before the half with three points to go. Loved everything about it. And then they end up winning it, winning uh, the game five, taking a command, not a commanding, but a 3 2 lead. Um, yeah. How have you been feeling about the games? What do you, what do you think? So yeah. Those finals? Um, you know, it got off to sort of a rocky start, but, you know, these last several games have been really, really good. And if you like basketball, you, you know, you have to enjoy this. You know, the, the best players in the world, you know, playing at the highest levels. Uh, Devin Booker going for 40 again, you know, Middleton making huge shots in the mid range. Um, you know, Giannis with that dunk, you know, Drew Holiday with the steal at the end, like, Drew Holiday, that was the Drew Holiday game to me. I think oh, that's yeah. what I'll remember it for, um, sure. for. He was he was unbelievable, and you know might have earned himself the entire contract in in one game if mm-hmm. they if they can close it out. Um, because you know who cares what he plays like if they can get this championship, you know. But uh, you know Phoenix is gonna they're gonna have to you know limit you know turnovers, um, limit their mistakes, you know, big time going into this you know pivotal game six on the road it's going to be a tough one but you know if chris paul can give you like chris paul game like that he's you know expected to give then they're going to be in good position if he's playing you know kind of up and down high turnovers like he's been sort of uncharacteristic these last several games you know they might be in trouble especially if book doesn't give you you know the 40 he's been given for sure i mean book has just been playing otherworldly this series really been going all out i mean i thought it was actually kind of comical that they asked you see that interview question? Sure. That was so that was so wrong. Like, how do you even do we know? Do we know? I don't know who who, know. who, who so did bad. that, but he deserves to get. They deserve to get slandered and just that is not even reporting. Like, how do you ask if Book feels bad for uh, Chris, Chris Paul? Paul? Well, Chris Paul like, sitting right there, like right there. Next, like, who, who asked that? T- this is like the stupid questions that we just get that I just can't stand. Um, but that 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 reporter needs to be questioned and just <laughs> taken <laughs> out back, <laughs> like old Yeller. Uh, but no, I, I agree 100%. That definitely is the Drew Holiday game. He, he was in his bag. Like he did not, like he did not miss early on. Like he was just going in that first half and the end with a steal from Booker and then give him the oop to, to Giannis to seal with the dunk like that. Man. With the father stretch your hands, uh, Kanye song behind <laughs> no, it. Seriously, perfect. that is, that is perfect. <laughs> that is a perfect way to go about it. I love this series. I just love basketball. And I like, that's what I said. Like I find it comical that people talk about ratings and that we get. People are like, oh, we're not getting that. It's like, if you love basketball, you love basketball. First of all, got higher big. ratings than LeBron and Curry. Everyone, uh, everyone, that's why I love KD when he, cause he like is honest KD now. And when people <laughs> were talking about, like, people were trying to like hype him up, like, oh, this NBA final is going to suck because it doesn't have the stars. He's like, what are you talking about? That's the whole point. And like, just during these finals, like, we have elevated DeAndre Ayton. He's on the map. 
Drew Holiday, like you said, just had his game, and it was on the road. That's the most important part. Like every like, <laughs> the Bucks stink on the road, and the Suns stink on the road. Like every, all the role players come out at home, and everyone has a good time. You know what I mean? But like Drew Holiday finally came in on the road, and a, a little bit Chris Middleton. You know what I mean? Like he finally came in on the road too, and that's what that's what's gonna put him on the in on the top. And I know it's stupid and it's a dumb cliche. But like the series really does start when the home team loses, and I, I think we're here, and the Bucks have to close this game out, um, which is uh, quote unquote tonight because uh, this pod comes out on Tuesday, um, and we have you know game six uh, tonight, and I just think it's really cool. Um, I was talking to you about it, Alex, before. Like Coach Bud, we were ready to you know burn Coach Bud at, at the stakes, dude. Another when guy he's down two <laughs> zero uh, versus Another- Nets. Another guy that we're about to take out back and just like yeah, old we, yeller, man. Like seriously, like he's turned around and I like Atkinson, I, I, I bro. Him. He was Coach Atkinson, like literally, you know, like couple couple games ago. Yeah, and I was giving criticism, and I'll gladly stand corrected. He adjusted, you know. I think he didn't. Uh, you know, shout out to DP who who commented on your Twitter when you you brought it up. You know, I think he didn't have to make as many adjustments against the Heat just because the Heat didn't have the same talent as they did last season. Your and boy Tyler Harrow. Yes, it's not my point. I'm just saying the Miami Heat overvalue him. They just overvalue him. Uh, but I think, you know, for, for the Heat, they didn't have the same talent size wise. They don't match up well with the Bucks. And what the Bucks can do was easy against what the Heat couldn't handle, which is good three point shooting teams. And the Bucks just play better defense, uh, in my opinion. And then it really started once they played the Nets because once he started stop playing Brook 30 plus minutes and really just allowed Giannis to play the five, that was, that's an adjustment. That that is just changing. <laughs> we had some Brook Lopez games, but yeah, <laughs> he, he did, and he started off early using Brook against the Nets, but to figure it out and then go back to it because that can work against the Hawks, and then to figure it out again and not do it for this series against the Suns, not a lot because they can go small and just get out in transition because DeAndre Ayton's a little bit more mobile than Brook. I think yep. that's just that's just Fair. that's good coaching. That that I have to give kudos to from Bud. So, Bud, you proved me wrong. <laughs> I don't know shit. That's why you're a head coach, and I'm just here talking about you guys on a podcast. Um, <laughs> all right, so give me. All right, that's that's fine. That's fine. We can all have some mistakes. It was. It means educated opinions. We're good here. And speaking of educated opinions, Alex, give me game six and game seven. Does it end in game six? Do we go to game seven? What the, what the, what the, what the guests go first? Kyandre, what do you think? Do you, uh, I was, going I was gonna leave him. Going I was gonna leave him. I was gonna leave him. I was gonna leave him at the end here. Uh, I, I have a feeling that the Bucks are gonna close it out in, in six. Right. Um, Ooh. I all just right. think they've got, they've got all the momentum. I don't, I don't know if Chris Paul can really can really do it at this at this stage of his career, you know, especially with Drew can he Holiday. Give lift his arm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we don't even you know, know. He he's probably not a hundred percent, and you know, these last several years, he's he's kind of flown under the radar because he's just so good in like other areas, but he can't like get past people like he used to. You know, he used to be somebody who's if he's got a switch as two, you know, you count that up as two points. Now it's like, you know, he's gonna pull up for mid range. That's not like the best, you know. Shot in the end, but that hurts, man. I've, I've got if, the bucks. If, if the Chris Paul corner free throw fadeaway isn't a guarantee, I don't want Chris Paul. I mean, you know, <laughs> it's 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 a very good shot, especially for him. But you know, when we're talking about like, can he get to the basket on a big? Like, if he's got Brooke Lopez on him, you know, that's the t- the type of shot that you want. But you know, he just can't. Like, he just doesn't have the quickness anymore. But. You know, I think it's just going to be really tough for all those role players like Jay Crowder, Mikhail Bridges, them to shoot 60% from three or whatever in Milwaukee. Like, 
That's a they, tough ask. They wasted the Jay Crowder game. They really did. <laughs> okay, they okay, they're really good. But but I I agree I agree. I think Bucks close it out in Game Six. I'm with you, Andre. I don't think this goes seven. I think I think it's. I would like to see a Game Seven, but I don't think I don't think the Bucks it's are going to do it. I, I honestly don't. You know, Chris Paul really has to go, go back to where he was at the beginning of this series because he hasn't Dude, shown he, it. He just has to go back to where he was the first half of every single game. Same script. <laughs> yeah, but every that, game, but you see, every game yeah, they're but, up by twenty and then they lose. Like they just have to. I think I just think they're gonna they're gonna overcome that uh, with their back against the wall, in my opinion. And then it's gonna go. It's gonna be seven. And I think it's gonna be Bucks and seven. I think they. I think I think Bud figured it out that Giannis got to play center, wait in the stretch, mm-hmm. and at center and. Aiden can't handle that, man. He cannot handle that. Oh, if you got- Aiden Slander. I can't tolerate Aiden Slander here. I'm not saying he's bad. I'm just saying he can't. Giannis is just, he's the most mobile seven foot ever met in my life. <laughs> True. For a guy that runs like he's like five nine at seven feet tall, that's, that's freaking godlike. True. True. Yeah. True. Greek but, god. Yo, hey, my fellow Greek brethren. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Got to appreciate it. But, Keandre, appreciate you coming on the pod and talking Bass One. Give us some insight to these draft prospects, man. Really, really do appreciate it. Please let the listeners out there know where they can find your work. Yeah, so you can find me on YouTube. Uh, just search up Hoop Intellect. Um, that's where you find all my, you know, scouting reports, you know, breakdowns, big boards, mock drafts, those, you know, type of things. And then I'm on Twitter at Hoop Intellect with three L's. You know, the, the guy who has, mm-hmm. you know, the two L's one. Um, we're going to get them eventually. Uh, <laughs> and then, you we're know, coming, Insta- we're coming for you. Yeah. Instagram, you know, hoop intellect, uh, just regular. Um, but yeah, appreciate you guys for having me on the show. Well, appreciate cool, you guys coming on guys. Please make sure to check out Keandre's work over at hoop intellect on the, the YouTube channel and follow him on all social platforms, because it is really just, if you want to learn something, you can sit down and learn something. It's very in-depth, very detailed. And really honestly, like I, I've learned so much just from watching your videos. It's, it's really well done. I know you talk about like maybe the graphics weren't there last season, but honestly, the, the content itself was there where you learned so much that you just walk away knowing so much more about a prospect. Really appreciate it. Um, and thank you for having on. Thank you for coming on again. So for all the listeners out there, you know what to do. Please make sure to give us a five-star uh, rating. Make sure to leave a comment if you listen to this on Apple Podcasts. And if you don't, it's okay. Because guess what? We're on Spotify, Google Play, Amazon Alexa, you name it. We are there. On top of that, please make sure to follow us on all social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find us at Nick's, comma, Jets, comma, ETC. No one writes out, et cetera. Don't do it. It's it's too long. No one wants to do see that nonsense. So guys, thank you for checking this out. We'll be back later this week with a Jets episode of the Knicks Jets Etc. podcast. A little bit a little bit of hybrid too. We got we got we got a we got a special guest on, a Jets and Knicks fan, also a comedian. It'll be a good time, man. Uh check it out. If you're on Twitter you already know who John's talking about. Alright guys. Let's go Knicks. Catch you later. <laughs>